Hello and welcome to the Built Environment Marketing Show. I am your host, marketing consultant, content creator and trainer, Iowa Bass, and I specialize in working with built environment firms who want to make their mark in terms of their marketing. Today, I have a very special episode with someone who happens to be an architect at Squire and Partners, an illustrator and an educator and mentor. He is Chris Simmons. Chris is someone I've got to know via social media. So it was really nice to have an actual conversation with him because it kind of felt like I already knew him. One of the reasons I really wanted to chat to Chris was actually he's had a huge kind of really prolific rise on Instagram where he's literally grown his following this year from 2000 people to over 20, which in about in a few months, he's done amazingly well. So in our chat, we delve into his approach to Instagram and what he feels that practices can learn from what he's done, and especially when it comes to creating engaging content. We also talk about how he manages his time to make time for marketing and with all his various hats that he wears as well. It's no mean feat. It's a brilliant conversation. So I'll let you get on with listening and enjoying the conversation. Bye for now. Hi, Chris, and welcome to the show. Can you introduce yourself and who you are and all the things that you do? <laughs> yeah, sure. Hi. Um, so I'm Chris Simmons. Uh, I'm an architect um, and, uh, well, I call myself an architect, illustrator and educator. That's kind of my personal branding tagline. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I've been qualified as an architect for almost a decade now. I've been at um Squire and Partners um I'm an associate director there so um we're a um one of the largest London-based practices um founded by Michael Squire who unfortunately recently passed away and now headed up by um his son and two other partners and we do lots of large-scale you know high-end residential offices hotels um out out of our very lovely department store home in Brixton um which some people might know. Um, I do because I go to upstairs. Yeah, yeah, we're very lucky. It's 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 wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, in my uh, in all of my sort of side projects, so outside of my day job, um, I run Architects Instruction. So that is a um, a mentoring platform. So we help um, sort of young to mid career architects and interior designers to sort of progress in their careers to kind of support them finding jobs and you know with all that sort of thing and then providing sort of one-to-one mentoring and and all those sorts of things um and that's my kind of really big um key passion and kind of talking point in in architecture really is the kind of support of younger generations mentoring um the connection between university and practice and you know all those sorts of things are the the main things i kind of talk about and stuff um and then alongside that, I have kind of two other streams of, of interest. One's kind of um, wellness and sustainability. And I have a kind of newsletter and a, a, a channel about um, that called The Well-Meaning Architect. I didn't um, know that one. Then, yeah. It's not as big, but it's, you know, it's, it's growing. And um, we also have a um, illustration side um, with a, a, a thing called Drawn, which is basically where I put all my illustrative work and, and take on sort of commissions from companies to do kind of, you know, illustrations and things. And um, yeah, I basically take on far too much. And um, I say, I, my next question was, <laughs> how do you do all that and have three yeah. children? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my wife my wife asked me similar questions. Um 
I think the thing I always tell people is that if I didn't, so I, I live in, um, I live in Kent um, yeah. and I commute to Brixton every day. And I always tell people that if I didn't have my commute on the train, I probably wouldn't do all of these, you know, side projects and extra bits and pieces. And I think for me, it's kind of one of those focused periods that I can't do anything else in. You know, I can kind of sit on the train and have a nap or something. Yeah, or like I can... a train journey and that's like, I'll yeah, do yeah, this, completely. I'll write my script or I'll... Exactly. So that's where a lot of my drawn work comes from and where lots of sort of the articles or the ideas for the videos and, and stuff sort of emerge from. So, yeah, I don't think I'd be doing anything without that because, as, as you said, three young children as well. It's kind of, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff. But, you know, I'm quite good at time management. I was going to say, I feel like you shouldn't just be the boss with that lot. I feel like that's mm. quite a lot. No, hats off to you. It's really cool. And I guess, uh, like, the reason I kind of brought you on was because Instagram. Yeah, you've grown a huge amount on Instagram in a really short period of time. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I started posting work on Instagram um, in lockdown. So I had a, Insta- a personal Instagram account, like a lot of people, um, you know, put the old photo of, of buildings here and there um, on it. And then during lockdown, I found myself, I mean, I've always drawn for pleasure sort of thing. I've always been, been big into kind of illustration and stuff. And I started kind of connecting with other artists and illustrators on Instagram mm. and really kind of got something from the kind of act of drawing. Like every day I would, you know, kind of at the end of the day or when the kids were doing something else, I would kind of sit down for half an hour and just draw something. And it was that kind of really kind of cathartic thing of... Yeah, end of know, the day, having, something to do, yeah. Yeah, completely. And just like having time for Routine, myself. Isn't and, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. Um, so I started doing that and then I thought, oh, I'll, I'll start posting them online sort of thing. And I started um, specifically doing them on yellow tracing paper. So it's a very kind of architecty looking thing, you know, the sort of canary yellow trace and black ink drawing. So I started posting them online and they started getting quite good sort of you know, interactions and stuff. And, mm. and at that point, it was just about kind of having nice conversations with other artists and, and they would do these kind of drawing challenges. So they would set, someone would post a photo and then you would, um, all the kind of artists around them would post their versions of that drawing nice. with the same sort of hashtag. Yeah. Um, and everyone would kind of connect over the kind of mutual um, love drawing and, and, and connection with other people. So it all sort of stemmed from there. Um, and then obviously I kind of saw um, uh, to scale. So Sana um, is a kind of young um architect or, or was a I think she was a part one or part two at that point and she's she was posting about her experiences um at university and mm. I kind of you know started to kind of see this and think wow that's a really you know for, for someone of that age kind of showing people what architecture university is really like and and that sort of thing is really yeah. incredible and interesting and if I was you know back at university doing that I would have found that incredibly interesting and helpful as well so I thought maybe I've got something to offer from you know a slightly a kind of <laughs> I, 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 I tell people that I'm, kind of, tip, is that what you mean? Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of old enough to be experienced but young enough to be kind of relatable and relevant to people so I think, <laughs> relevant, I think I've got yeah. A, yeah you know I hope I hope at least um I'm on TikTok so I must be relevant um <laughs> so yeah so I started thinking you know maybe I've got something to help people that are 
you know, a couple of years behind me or, you know, just starting out in practice because that's uh, it, typically in architecture, the biggest kind of hurdles you get are when you finish university, you go into practice and you just go, oh my God, what is this? This is nothing like I'm used to. Yeah, the disconnect, exactly. So I thought yeah. I could kind of, you know, talk about those things. And so started posting on there and, and you know, intertwining drawing work with, you know, kind of ideas and, um, you know, carousels and, and all this bits and bobs. And I think I was doing that for, I think I probably for two years, I'd sat at maybe 2,000 followers, yeah. which, you know, is, is fine and dandy sort of thing, but wasn't, wasn't out there sort of thing. I mean, I was starting to have, you know, conversations with people and interesting things were coming together and stuff. And yeah. it was only really when I engaged with video content that it really sort of took off. And I can I can completely understand, you know, Instagram as a platform was at that time was trying to push reels. It was the new trendy cool thing. Yeah. Um so I think a lot of it is about timing sort of thing. Because there's there's lots of people that kind of joined Instagram at the beginning and when I was getting involved and they had a hundred thousand followers and I was like, Oh my god, how can you do that? Sort of thing. Yeah, that's you amazing. Can't do that does... anymore. You can't do that no, exactly. anymore. You can't exactly it's impossible. So it's yeah. it's it's that kind of little bit of timing. So I started posting videos at a time when videos were really being pushed i think um and it, and it just kind of took off so we're now at twenty two and a half thousand, which is very nice um but i think the videos in particular i mean one it's kind of helped with my kind of camera confidence and things like that the sort yeah. of technical know-how of editing things and putting things together and stuff you know it's all very interesting and you know i'm like lots of many geeky young boys that like getting into the details of things so all of that hurdles of did you learn it all on youtube stuff. or how did you how did you yeah, teach yeah. yourself it or you're just doing it you there's quite a lot there isn't how it? everyone learns everything is is <laughs> everything is youtube videos now so yeah. Yeah, yeah um but i think it's 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 one of those things that seems impenetrable until you do it and it's you know, it's like anything isn't it? It, it it seems a lot of work and a lot of hassle but you get into the, the the swing of it and it's it's actually enjoyable you know i actually really yeah. enjoy doing it um so yeah it's, it's been an amazing sort of progression and that's again opened up lots of new doors and avenues that weren't available before and and um yeah and i i think that's the, the kind of the, the crux of you know this whole social media thing that i kind of come away from is that so many new opportunities have been opened up to me by just by putting myself out there and yeah. you know it's a bit of effort and a bit of work and a lot of consistency and stuff but it's just like you know I could it's just be it. sitting at home and doing stuff yeah it's worth it it's, it's really interesting yeah. and even even um just having nice conversations about with people about different things I've said or different things that they've read of mine or watched of mine and it's a connection point you know whereas you know before it would be something else and, and and this is kind of opens the door to, to new things so yeah. yeah sorry that's a bit of a rambly answer but you know. no no it's good and like so you, when it comes to your videos so you do all the editing and scripting yourself and you so what do you do what's your kind of process yeah so um i think i think i kind of i've looked at lots of other sort of creators around the architecture space and and just you know outside general it. yeah how how yeah. people talk to camera the length of the videos the the way they're sort of scripted the you know the way they're sort of segmented into the kind of intro bit the body the the yeah. sort of conclusion bit so i took a while 
to kind of understand, you know, how you put the scripts together and stuff like that. And to be fair, I'm, I, I did that thing that they tell you not to do and just obsess, obsess about the kind of equipment and software and things. So, you know, everyone advises, just do it on your iPhone, you know, just, just. You just, didn't, did you? I saw your setup. You shared it. Yeah, no, completely. <laughs> and I looked and went, wow, he's got everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ordered bits and pieces, you know, one thing at a time and my wife would get deliveries and be like, what's this? What's this? It's like, no, it's fine. It's on the company. And you've yeah. got a really no. nice camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I, I looked at it, I was like <laughs> But that's I mean that's that's the problem is that you, you go down this rabbit hole of things and I, I convinced myself that I couldn't do this thing yet until I had this one thing and I couldn't you know I couldn't edit the videos yet until I bought Final Cut sort of thing. You know all all these bits and pieces that, that, that everyone tells you not to do, I I, I did it. Yeah. Um but it did also allow me to really kind of get to grips with how you put things together, how you you know, script things, how you edit things. And, 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 um, I suppose there's nothing like learning on the job, but I did kind of do a lot of research cause I'm, I'm that sort of person. Yeah, I did. Um, like, when I sat on the podcast, I did exactly the same thing. Like you geek out and you're suddenly like, oh, how do you do this? And how do they do that? And I was, I was finding, I was listening to podcasts and I was like, I was basically deconstructing them. So like, mm. <laughs> I literally go, oh, that's what their structure is. And this is the question that you like. I think there is something really fascinating about the art of it because, you know, you know, I'm an architect talking to other architects. We obviously all care about how things are crafted, how things are put together and the quality of things. So, you know, the intention is that you put something out that seems thought through and meaningful. And, and yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I think sometimes we can fall into the trap with social media of, you know, just falling back onto our Canva templates and things like that. But, you know, the reality is that I want to be putting out things that, like you say, that I'm proud of that yeah. are specific to me that aren't just generic. Because, I mean, you know, all I see now is videos of AI can do this for you and AI can do that for you. And you can you, you can get a video script and split it into this. And, you know, it's just like, but yeah, but people will kind of see through that as well. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, it's yeah. all about this and kind it, of authentic thing. And, you know. And actually, do you know what? People can tell when you've put thought into it. I think my last podcast interview was with Holly. And she said, mm. you know, it takes us like, six months to do one of our major thought leadership campaigns and she goes it takes a long time yeah. and you're just like yeah. people aren't used to that anymore it's like well, it's no, just no, like, do it as quickly yeah. as possible and it's like but that's how they produce really good stuff it's just yeah. it's that yeah. I, so, yeah interestingly i put a, uh, a video online the other day about how long architecture takes you know in architecture you have to take the slow road sort of thing and it is yeah. that thing of like just appreciating that you know good work and quality things do take a bit of time and i, did that. I mean it, it does sit at the at the opposite end of you know when social media is like no you have to be consistent you have to post every day you have to yeah. do this this and that sort of thing there are pressures and i think i mean that's kind of one of the reasons where i i not fell out of love with it, but when I was doing the drawings, for example, it started as a sort of, you know, nice, happy thing. And then I would be like, no, no, I need, I need to do this because I need to post. And it's that thing of, exactly. Cause I have, uh, my, my wife is an amazing woman and she is very rational. Like she's the very, she's the perfect kind of um, yin to my yang sort of thing. Like she's the one that sort of balances me out. So I would be like, no, obsessing that I have to, I have to finish this drawing and post it and do this because it has to be on this date sort of thing. It's just like, why are you doing it? You know, if you're not enjoying yeah. it anymore, like why are you doing it? And I think there is a little bit about the sort of whole social media cycle that I think 
the video thing has kind of helped because it has it's been a new thing that's laid, let me kind of really embrace something but i think there yeah. is that kind of side to it that that is kind of a hamster on the wheel type thing and you have to be you have to be careful not to fall out of love with it it's like with mm. podcast i always find that i do stuff in season so i'll take a summer off or i'll get to a certain stage and just think i don't feel like doing these right now so you know what i mean so i'll take some time off so yeah. I still continue with the show because otherwise you're like, it's a lot of work. Mm, and really. you know what I mean? And you've just kind of, you sometimes just come off that treadmill because yeah, plus, plus you're probably moving at a rate that most people aren't. Like, yeah, I, you think, know, like, I think, I think that's the kind of, they, you kind of put the fear of God into you, aren't you? They're, they're, it's, it's like, if you're not moving forwards, then what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like in, in the, we're, yeah. we're kind of judged on the metrics of, the follower yeah. count and if that's not growing then it's just like oh my god you know but then if i think yeah. about the two years that i spent getting two thousand followers and i've got twenty thousand in less than half of that time it's like yeah. well then your 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 metric changes your scale of what's successful kind of moves sort of yeah. thing so like you're judging yourself against the whole like, yeah, 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 do exactly. i really need do i need that it's like it's just like, what's the validation? When, when, when my yeah, life yeah. validated? <laughs> Your wife's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Everyone needs the voice of reason. It's always a good thing. So yeah, what, would, what would you say is your kind of biggest, I guess, marketing challenge has been in the past few years then? So, well, I, I, I suppose for me, it's kind of, so my, my my main channels are LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah. So LinkedIn, I really enjoy. Like I really like um, the connections and it feels a lot more personal on LinkedIn. And, you know, I've made a lot more kind of um, uh, sort of familiar colleague-like connections in LinkedIn um, yeah. because obviously everyone's coming in it from a more sort of business orientation and yeah. um, things like that. Um and then Instagram is a lot more, I would say, where I get my sort of mentoring students from. And maybe that's yeah. a demographic thing of a younger age, like or, you know, because the video content is pushed more. So I think my point is that the the video has been incredibly successful on Instagram, but LinkedIn just sort of sticks two fingers up to my videos and doesn't give yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, supposedly last year they were champion video, but to be honest, it didn't I mean, really seem to fly. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't, you didn't sit there and like, if you do lives and stuff on LinkedIn, it's like you use an external tool to do it, which you have to do like StreamYard. Mm. But like, it like quashes your reach straight away. Yeah, it just kind of like has this weird thing where you're like, it's been shown to 50 people. Like yeah. <laughs> that's the whole event. And you're just like, this is weird. And yeah, I really, I honestly don't, don't really understand it at all. Um, no. And it's it's kind of one of those weird dynamics that then you have to kind of work out is what do you post differently on there than you do on the other yeah. one? And, you know, obviously you guys are experts in, 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 in doing that, but I just kind of throw everything at everything and see what kind of sticks. I mean, the, the thing I kind of enjoy about LinkedIn is that I can just write things and that's... Yeah. I would say my, my weakest and most difficult thing is writing. So I'm naturally, you know, I'm, I'm fine talking, I'm fine visual things, and I'm yeah. fine drawing. You know, I, I very much rely on drawing to communicate. And, you know, I write a lot about, you know, how I just draw to, to instead of talking sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so writing anything I really struggle with, and I always have. Um, so I think short form writing I'm starting to get to grips with and I'm you know similarly 
um you know I've, I've kind of taken like justin welsh's course on on the linkedin posting thing yeah. and how, how, how you put together it's really interesting because it, it, it kind of shows you yeah it's very structured and framework yeah, yeah. Sim- yeah. similar to kind of how i kind of studied the the reels thing you know it shows you what works and what doesn't and the you know going down into the hooks and the the, yeah. the paragraph lengths and how you break things up and um really kind of fascinating but then once you yeah. kind of see inside the matrix you kind of see the other people that have probably taken the same course because they're all writing in the same way and it hits and you so- right and you see it everywhere and then you're there going actually i need to mix this up a bit because i can see it everywhere now yeah yeah completely It's Io here, and as you're a listener to the show, I just wanted to tell you a bit more about how I can help you get your built environment marketing done. If you're looking to set up a company podcast or trying to figure out what content you want to create for an amazing campaign that really engages your audience, or even if you want to get your business more up to speed in terms of how they approach digital marketing and how you get kind of senior level people on board with workshops and training, then do bear me in mind. I'm actually a marketing consultant, content creator, and trainer but I work specifically with built environment firms just like yours. So I know the best practice and approaches, but also most importantly, how to apply them to our sector. You can find out more about my work at abassmarketing.com or feel free to email me at io, which is A-Y-O, at abassmarketing.com. There's also links in the show notes too. Thanks for listening and now back to the show. I think the writing is always you know, a side that I've always struggled with. And particularly recently, because everyone's telling me to do a newsletter. Um, and, you know, I, everyone, everyone is trying to do a newsletter at the moment. And I've, and I've tried to write, you know, so I've got a, a newsletter for architects instruction. I've got a, a newsletter for um, the well-meaning architect. And it's one That's of those things that because, because I struggle with it, I, I am less consistent yeah. You know, and obviously, you know that in this game, consistency is kind of one of the, <laughs> the kind of key things. So when I'm when I'm not consistent, I kind of go, oh, no, I'll just leave it this week, but I'll do it next week. And then, you know, uh, another week goes by and, you know. Have you ever tried, like, speaking into your phone and recording that for your newsletter? So, like, rather than having to write, oh. like, because yeah. sometimes... What I do if I'm mm. if I've got an idea and I it's mainly when I'm going on a school run, right? And I will I'll have an idea and I'll actually be walking through the high street and I'll just talk mm. into my phone and then I just come back and I edit that and that's my LinkedIn post or that's my newsletter and that's my outline. Right, and I'm actually if that. you find that's, it that's easier really <laughs> but yeah, if you yeah. find it easier to talk, then mm. you just talk it through and then you just mm. do an edit. And it's like you're not starting from scratch. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think quite often it's no, the blank really page. Not, yeah. Sometimes I know, it's like you do so much talking that actually you can probably turn around and go, what are the three things I want to put in this newsletter? Actually, mm. it's this, this and this, and this is what it's going to be. And then you just edit. That's a tip. There you go. That's very good. But I, 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 think that, I think that works with my brain, actually. I think I think that sort of approach would would definitely help. Yeah. Because I think, because I think I like you think say, it's it just going from zero to something is yeah. is for me the hardest bit. So. And actually, my newsletter is probably the hardest thing I find to write. Like I write tons of LinkedIn and everything else, but actually, my newsletter, I'm always there, and I'm always, like, rewriting the whole thing. Or, like, mm. it's just, it's the one that I probably have the most kind of questions running around in my mind all the time. I don't mm. know why. I mean, I probably push yeah. out lots of content. But, um, yeah, just stuff like that might help. It might be just mm. a different way of starting the writing. So I always think it's easy. Go. Sorry. <laughs> 
Let Everyone me know subscribe how it goes. to the newsletter and you'll uh, see my. Uh... <laughs> You'd be like, oh my I god, he definitely any... spoke this one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got lots but of no, swear words. Yeah. How do you define successful what you're doing at the moment? It's kind of interesting because because I am a full time architect. So by you know, yes. I'm 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 a full time architect. A lot of my time, effort, everything goes into my day job. You know, and it has to, and you know, that's my role, and um, you know, that's super important. And I think that's that's kind of my kind of always going to be my focus is mm. you know being an architect and that's that's where I want to be sort of thing so I feel like you know that is a success and I'm happy with that and I'm happy how you know everything works with that so I think everything else is just kind of like a bonus really for me it's, it's just like really yeah. nice extra things to do and I and I, I I was having this conversation the other day because I don't kind of call myself a content creator or you know these kind of you know cool kid things but I think it's my extra bits and pieces are more like content creation than they are kind of fully fledged businesses of their own if you get me no, you so, enjoy them it's literally yeah, it exactly. enjoyment. so yeah. it's it's one of those things that I get yeah you know, in, in all honesty you know I'm never I'm, I'm, I'm you know based on how much work I get from these extra bits and pieces they are always you know always going to be bits on the sides they're not you know yeah. to my mind kind of viable separate businesses but they are kind of things which I get so much from, you know, just, just being able to, you know, help other younger architects do things, help when they feel lost in practice or in university or, you know, support people is, is super gratifying. And, and yeah, obviously I, I, I charge a bit of money for my time sort of thing to, to balance it all out, but it, it is the that I mean for me that's the kind of metric of success in those sort of senses yeah. is is getting so much for, from it and that's kind of where I started this other sort of avenue which is the well-meaning architect which is kind of trying to talk to um, kind of homeowners and people looking to renovate and things like that about architecture what architects do um, how people can improve their homes in a sort of sustainable and and you know sort of wellness type mm. things. And and to that, it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've got one kind of lens which kind of talks inward at architects and people I'm familiar with. But also, you know, I'm also trying to talk kind of outwards at um, people that have an impression of architects, which might be wrong, right, or yeah. somewhere in between sort of thing. Because, you know, however much we, you know, how many bloody LinkedIn posts I talk about architects being kind of misunderstood or you know not valued or you know all this you've all got to be part of changing that process though haven't you and that thing and and using normal language that people actually <laughs> understand and stuff Completely. like that yeah you know, it's, yeah, yeah, no. I, I think it's moving forward but you know there are, there is that kind of there's still that sort of subset of architects which are you know, navel gazing type, you know, big language and and misunderstood geniuses and artists and stuff. And I think if the one thing I can do with with some of my work is to kind of get away from that idea and just show that they're all just normal people trying to do good jobs and help things. And yeah, but there are lots of people doing good things about that. You know, there are a growing amount of architects that are a lot more open on social media. and, And I think that is kind of one of the kind of joys of the social media side of things is that things are shown a lot more, like just being able to um, see behind the scenes and, and, you know, how things are actually put together and and a lot of the mysteries kind of taken out of it. And it's, 
you know, there isn't this kind of gatekeeping thing of, of, you know, you can't see behind the curtain because then we won't be able to charge you money for it. It's, yeah. it's more like we're going to share how we work and why we're special and why we're good at what we do. And, and, and you can be involved in the journey. Completely. And it's that whole kind of storytelling of your origins, what you're doing, your process. And because otherwise you're leaving it up to people to kind of decide what an architect does, which is why Mm. nobody, people just think it's just drawings. It's like you should do so much more. You know, you can give advice right at the start to make sure that brief's right or that you're asking the right question. You know, there's lots of kind of, you know, richness that you bring to the whole process. But I think until people start articulating that in a way that humans can understand rather than other mm. architects, it's just, it's just not going to land. And, but it's, it is great to see that more and more people are doing that as well. Cause it's just like, we need it. We definitely yeah, need yeah, it. Completely. And it's, we, I think university has a lot to blame for all of that. I mean, I love architecture university. Like I, I absolutely loved my time there. Like I love all the theory yeah. stuff. I love all the geeky things of just, in, you know, that sort of inward looking stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really into it, but I think I also am able to balance that with the realities of of what practice is like, what getting clients and you know programs and being instructed and dealing with things on site. You know, it's 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 always that disconnect between the two, and then yeah. that disconnect becomes projected outwards because there's still you know there's kind of between university and practice even the people in university don't quite know what it is like to be an architect and the things you're taught in university aren't quite the same things no. that are necessarily re- relevant in practice and it's that thing of like you know if if the students being taught about architecture don't quite know what it's like to be an architect in practice how the hell are you know clients yeah. or people that aren't in there going to be understanding those things and and so yeah. people get so stuck in that kind of education system that then the only sort of validation we do is kind of look to our peers you know all of our all of our comms and um websites <laughs> and things are all just made out to be impressed by other architects yeah. you know there's so many impenetrable um architecture websites and you know things like that and it's without stopping and kind of going who is this for it's like you know it, yeah it, it, it's like if you don't like, know where to click you can't actually find any information yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. and it's, it, and it's it like what, what is the point of guarding this thing if if ultimately you know architecture is a is a service-based industry you know you're you're providing a service for somebody who wants to either make money through you know developing a site or wants to improve yeah. x or y or solve a problem through doing you know z sort of thing you know, why, why is it so bad to kind of talk to those people or to address yourselves to those people? Um, yeah, it's, it's, not it's, it's not about we're, you. We're all, no, we're all kind of bonkers and backwards with everything. It's kind of uh, yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting. No, I'm writing websites at the moment, so I'm, like, I'm deep in the – it's always about them, not you. <laughs> yeah, <it's> about, yeah. <laughs> so what would you – what advice would you give to a practice or people or individuals who are looking to grow – an online presence um maybe on instagram you see a lot of architectural content on instagram which is again nice pictures of nice buildings and that's great and i think that would have worked a while ago on instagram for me you know back in the days when we were all impressed by a still image but putting a couple of still images into a video i don't think is quite going to crack it these days even if you put it to one of these cool tunes that all the kids are using but you know it's 
<laughs> Point at I my building. Boxing... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never it's done all... one of those. You know? It's all my schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so my point was, really, is that I think having a personality and putting yourself on camera is really important. And I think especially if you're a practice, especially if you're like a small practice and you're trying to sell yourself as the designer, as the person who, you know, the client will be working with, you know, you're presenting yourself, your small team. And, you know, it's about the person and about the skills and the ability and the, the advice and things like that. So, yeah. I think if you can take a leap and be brave and stand in front of the camera and talk about design and talk about your work and talk about the buildings and, you know, and also include a couple of nice pictures and stuff. I think that's the way forward for me. And, and it kind of, it obviously breaks down the barrier because when I phone up studio X, Y, Z sort of thing, yeah, you know, particularly if you've got, a uh, a name which is a brand name or something like that it doesn't have that you know it's it's kind of uh, devoid of personality sort of thing yeah i think it's a it's a people connection thing you know like like yeah. we want uh, there's a i can't remember her name but there's a, an australian um she's an architect or an interior designer from from memory and she does you know videos of her just similar to this just sitting to the camera and saying you know five tips about doing uh, a utility room or something it's a bit like super specific yeah, yeah but she's she's done hundreds of them and she's got a following of about 200,000 followers or something because she's really useful yeah and it's those things of like it sounds yeah. a bit mundane but actually that's really like if I'm designing a utility room that's really bloody useful uh, <laughs> you know and so someone will see the that <laughs> yeah, completely. and it's and it's all stuff that we kind of know and think about in the process but it's something that a client might not and there's kind of like you know half of your brain says oh no I can't tell them where to put the toilet because then they'll just they won't hire an architect to to tell them where to put the toilet and it's like well if they're going to do that they're not going to hire architects anyway you know if they're in that mindset yeah. of, I, I can do it myself then they're not your client you know yeah, there's only you know, yeah. maybe you can sway them five percent but they're the wrong people but the the people that can see you giving your advice and say, oh, that's a really useful thing. I wonder what else they can help me with if they're that thoughtful about this kind of thing. Yeah. Is is super engaging. And showing that kind of skill set and articulating it in a kind of clear, punchy kind of way like speaks volumes to clients. You know, it, it's it's going to yeah. break down that barrier. It's going to show that you kind of know what you're talking about, that you're willing to kind of share the information. Yeah, and it and it and I, for, for me it, it does kind of so much of of all the, that kind of front end stuff that you would do in trying to find an architect. It's not just about you know finding someone that costs the right amount, finding someone in your local area. You know, you're making you know you're you're kind of bringing yourself into their living room and kind of solving those sort of miniature problems to then kind of take on the the bigger problem. Because a lot of yeah. a lot of the times people don't know what they kind of want anyway. You know, it's about kind yeah. of opening that kind of idea. So yeah. funny you said that because I had I was on an advisory board yesterday, and I it's it, it was for a, a, a consulting type firm, and it was just so mm. interesting that they hadn't realised that that bit where they were sitting there figuring out that brief for that person or what the right brief was mm. was so valuable. It's probably the most valuable, and they just yeah, weren't talking about it. It's huge, yeah. and I was like, people don't know what they want. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> I, and they don't. And like, I come to you and go, it's a marketing challenge. You're like, no, it's not. It's something completely different. And I yeah. think, you know, and I think it's it's that part, and that's where the value is for people. It really, really is. So yeah, it's so, kind yeah. of a weird thing, isn't it? Because architects are always particularly good at looking at the bigger picture. You know, I, I think yeah. that's one of the our really good skills is that we can kind of look at things that are kind of that big, but then we can also, you know, look at things from a a, a building or a city wide or a you know political wide sort of problem yeah. sort of thing. And when it comes to all of this side of things, it's it's like we're so kind of obtuse in our kind of understanding of it. And I think it, it does hark back to that traditionalist architect that. Um, you know, the RRBA years ago said you weren't allowed to advertise, you know, so yeah. lots of this, people have got this thing in their head that, oh no, it's, it's, it's either bad or crass or, it's you know, we don't people do over that. there, we thing. don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely, just, completely. And it's, just, it's such a, you know, strange kind of thing. And, and if architects actually kind of open their mind to it and just kind of accept it and move forward and, and use all their kind of design skills, you know, all the ways they think and communicate about ideas and, you know, we're all kind of visual thinkers and, and communicators and stuff. Yeah. So, pe- you know, we can be bloody good at this stuff. And it's, it's kind of like, once you kind of embrace it, then, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's going to all kind of open up and, and there'll be some really good stuff. But yeah, I think, I think at the moment there are people doing interesting things, but it's, it's, you know, growing, I suppose. Fantastic. So I look forward to seeing more architects doing more interesting stuff. That's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for coming to the show, Chris. Thank you. No problem. Thanks so much for listening to the Built Environment Marketing Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.